0: here walks across the dead ball line now sprints back for manly up he goes changes direction this
1: is rugby league folks have a look at it links up with cherry evans
0: it's still on for manly away from hess kicks in field look who's there tom Tra- i'm the big chase there my goodness Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm your host, Tim Williams. We've arrived at the second major supercoach buy-around for the season. Uh, finally, it's going to be a tough week. We'll navigate through it together, but the silver lining is that in a week's time, we won't have to worry about buyers outs, all these sorts of things. So there is a bit of light at the end of the tunnel for us. Here to help us chat through it is the 2019 NRL Supercoach Champion, Desi Creek. Des, how are you, mate?
1: Yeah, good, Timmy. Going all right. A little bit cold, but, you know, the podcast always gets me warmed up.
0: Cold teammate, mate. But uh, the, the Supergate side's pretty, pretty red hot, eh?
1: Yeah, well, I had a pretty mediocre round, actually. Um, not as good as um, you guys, but I scored around 1,100. Um, didn't really move up or down the ranks too much, so, you know, I'm hoping this week I can make a move with my last trade boost and bring in the heavy artillery um, mm-hmm. for this tricky little buy round.
0: That's right, mate. Well, hopefully he can warm you up over the next hour or so and get you fine going into round 17. Also here is last year's sixth-place supercoach overall finisher, Clementine Cassidy. Clem, how are you?
2: I'm good, thank you. So I'm coming off a really good round. So I'm super stoked to finally have a good one. Um I scored a 1282, which is awesome. Um so it was a nice little jump up the rankings for me because I've kind of been going the other way. So um I'm 3939 place now. So still a long way to get into the top 1000, but um it was a nice week, you know, to get a good score. Um I won all five of my head to heads, which was nice. Like it was like new for me because I don't think I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, like it was a good week for me, so I'm stoked.
0: You would have won one of them little uh, badges for winning all your head-to-head leagues. The things that you don't realise are actually there. I think I worked out you had badges and you win like gold and silver badges in Supercoach. They're there all the time. Jump onto the site and have a look at the weird badges you've been for, all different sorts of things. Uh, We also have a fourth member for the podcast tonight. Not something we normally do, but uh, he's a rare man to get on these days, the old 29 NRL Supercoach runner-up. So when we get a chance, we take it. It is Walson Carlos. Walson, how are you, mate?
3: Hey Timmy, yeah, yeah, going all right, mate. Um, good to be on tonight. So yeah, I um I actually had a pretty good week, I thought. Uh eleven 1, hundred and seventy-three. Um, so I went up a little bit. I'm in um uh, one thousand two hundred and fiftieth, exactly. So hoping to break into that top thousand. Might not be this week because my round seventeen numbers aren't great, but um, yeah, one five out of my six of um head to heads. Actually, Clem was the only one that beat me on the weekend. So <laughs> oh. she I, I I knew this a right good round I was following her all, yeah, I was following her all around there, so but um yeah, not to be for me there. But yeah, hopefully hopefully you're all set for a good finish.
0: You picked a bad week to run into an Adonis of the Superco 12 in Clementine, so mate, at least it's in the past now and your draw softens up for the run home. So you must have Desi in the next couple of weeks there We need a couple of points for you there and you can you can look forward to head to head finals. <clears throat> Kuma Stallions. Uh, 1,163 points, so around about par last week, maybe a little bit below, dropped 260th overall. Uh, I've got a two- two to three-week mega plan in place, which I worked out about an hour ago. So I'll get to that one a little bit later. It involves six or seven trades uh, and to set me up for the run home, so pretty excited about that. It'll probably change by tomorrow morning anyway. Today's show, we go through the Supercoach relevant team changes. Our hot topic of the week, we're just going to be basically be looking at how we're all placed for round 17. Uh, and then after that, the run home. How many tra- trades we've got left? How many we're going to use this week? Our numbers for round 17, all the important stuff there. Going into our trades and skippers for round 17, uh, finishing up with some questions from our SC Playbook audience. Guys, if you haven't yet, please go and subscribe to the SC Playbook podcast. Uh, and if you can, rate it five stars. If you're not going to rate it five stars, just don't worry about it. Find something more important to do. Uh, no, but honestly, we, we'd appreciate your feedback. Uh, and if you can do that and jump on, it'd be much appreciated. Guys, our data center, S, what do we call it? I don't even know. Stat HQ is live on the website. We launched it last week with some tremendous feedback. Uh, So thank you for all of that. We'll be updating the stats on this every Monday when Supercoach Lockout lifts. It has the price change calculator, all your break-evens, all of Adam DeRuce's true player ownership data for every single player, positional points, each position in the game, Stacks more on there. So jump on. And if there's any teething issues, if you find anything wrong with it, please let us know. Punting Pod with Sam Williams, former Canberra Raiders half now. Uh, we'll be starting all going to plan this week. Also with a former bookie dart analyst who's an absolute gun punter. We'll be looking at a few punting plays for the week and basically just getting into Sam's mind because he's one of the smarter footy minds uh, in the rugby league community. So very much looking forward to sharing that with everyone there. All right, guys and one girl. Let's get stuck into the team news for the week and it is with the Cronulla Sharks. Cameron McGuinness benched as per the late change last week. Uh, I believe we have a few Cameron McInnes owners in here. I think whilst that would probably mean you wouldn't be buying Cameron McGuinness this week, he was initially touted as being as a bit of a popular one. But uh, how do you see this impacting McGuinness's minutes and his Supercoach output?
3: Yeah, um, I think he got around about 55 minutes. Um, I haven't checked that, but I just... I'm an owner, so I was keeping an eye on, on when he got, got on the field and that. Um, he still racked up some pretty decent numbers. Um, he doesn't have a lot of upside with his attack. Like, he doesn't look to break tackles as much as you'd think that he would. Uh, maybe the wet didn't suit him as much uh, last time. So um, when it's drier, he can probably punch him behind the ruck and things like that. So I, I wouldn't be buying him if I, was, if I didn't have him, but I'll probably hold on to him, but I'm um, certainly going to look to turn him into um, probably Harry Grant, um, Damian Cook or, some you know, like a second row, Cam Murray or something like that for the run home.
0: Nice, mate. Yeah, 41 minutes in that game, which, I mean, surely not going to be the norm going forward. He had 48 in base in that time, which is ridiculous. Um, and as you said, it like I, they've named a 4 forward bench again, the Sharkies. So whether or not that lasts, we don't know. But... I don't. He'll be basically being turned into Harry Grant for most people post round seventeen anyway. So not a massive issue. Um, but hopefully for owners he can punch you out a sort of fifty-plus score there. <laughs> Andrew Fafida uh, has been named in the team as an owner who who's praying for twenty to thirty points for him this weekend. I was a bit concerned he'd drop out of that side, but he's still there for the time being. That being said, Hamlin Ueli has been named on the extended bench, so I'm a little bit worried that he could drop out of that one. Desi. Grant Anderson has survived for now. We got named last week over Dean uh, which was very promising for his credentials in that side and his job security. Didn't have the best of games, but as it stands this week, Jeremiah named on the other wing. Mick meany has been shifted to 5'8", with Jaden Nickarino dropping out of the squad. So, mate, as it stands, Anderson is a uh, in the team for now. Uh, hopefully it stays that way.
1: Yeah, that was uh, your good word there, Timmy. We uh, we all went off your advice on him and grabbed him, so he's looking good. Um, I probably wouldn't bring him in this week, though, if I didn't have him already.
0: Yeah, I was a little bit nervous on that one. A good word, but things changed very quickly, and I was ready to be crucified if he got dropped out of that side. Uh, Chris Randall has been – his super coach, coach was impacted by the return of Jaden Braley from a very, very lengthy injury there at the Knights. Um, nothing major to talk about there other than the fact that those who did hold on to Chris Randall, a bit of a bugger for them. Clementine, one of the real absolute bummers for a lot of super coaches, Campbell Graham, is out with, uh, I believe, to be a fractured eye socket or something, looks to be a six- to eight-week injury. Awful news for his owners, myself included. Good news for the job security of Isaiah Tass, who scored 70-odd last week and looks locked into a centre spot for the time being. Uh, Firstly, are you a Campbell Graham owner and is Isaiah Tuss someone you're interested in?
2: Yeah, so I am a Campbell Graham owner, so I am kind of sad about that. But at the same time, I'm going to look on the positive side and it does let me free up a bit of cash moving him on to get a little pappy because otherwise I probably couldn't get him um so yes i am kind of keen on Tass. um so i was tossing up between him and um peoples at one point and i went for peoples so i totally chose the wrong person um but yeah i think he's like a really good downgrade he's got really good boy well, you'd assume he has good job security now so um if you want to downgrade um campbell graham to him i think fully do it um and then yeah use your cash elsewhere to get in you know like a gun like little pappy or you know someone that maybe you're going to struggle to get in otherwise. So I have to look at the silver lining. Like, I feel so sorry for Campbell Graham. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to try and look at the silver lining.
0: I felt even more sorry for our supercoach sides, but uh, I suppose there is a play behind the supercoach scores as well. So important for him as well. No, just kidding on that one. Uh, well, what about yourself and Isaiah Tasmate because he will be pretty popular this week at 314K. Money to be made there. a job security pretty good. The Bunnies have a decent couple of rounds coming up, albeit they're decimated this week. Uh, But after, I think, round 18, their their draw gets pretty tough. Any interest in Taz?
3: Personally, I have no interest, Timmy, but that's more around my strategy for the run home. I went pretty hard with trades as, you know, I was pretty open about that early. So I've only got 10 trades left. So um, I'm looking to get to my top 20 as quickly as I can. And pretty much in my centre wings, um, there's no one that I really want except for Toto, so I'm going to wait and see whether he gets rested and whatnot and see how it plays out with the third origin, but I'll um, get Toto, and if he's not available, I might get someone like a Val Holmes or a Cobbo if there's an injury involved or something like that.
0: Yeah, like it, mate. Trent Peoples, the one that Clem named earlier, uh, what a bugger that's been for those who held so patiently thinking. He was basically bought with the initial idea of generating some money, uh, but even at worst case, he should be getting some decent minutes in round 17. As mentioned earlier, the body's decimated with origin outs, injury outs, all sorts of things. No Trent Peoples to be seen. The one that is the big winner out of here that has come from the clouds a bit is Jed Cartwright. Name to start Desi on the edge for the bunnies. They've got a bench currently of Nicarima and Taft, so we've got two backs there. Michael Cheekam, who's an edge back role slash sort of utility, and David Moali, who's a middle. Uh, Des Jeb could be a an 80 minute play this week before he likely drops out once all the players return. Tick over 200k. Most importantly, though, for anyone looking for a duel, he's uh, a sorry enough. He's a dual second-row forward centre, uh, which ties into guys like Talakai, um, who's the other man, uh, Isaac Tungo. Is Cartwright someone you'd consider as an Uh
1: Yeah, I think so. I think he's pretty good. Um, 200K is pretty rock bottom. And if he does play 80 minutes, that's just a, a bonus for you. Um, yeah, he might stick around on that bench, but you never know. So mm. I, I kind of like the Tigers guy. Um, a bit more.
0: So that one is Desi Fanua Pole. Pol, Pole. I'm not sure how to pronounce that one, but 175k. Also named on a pretty decent bench in terms of his potential minutes this week because there's Stefano Uticamanu, who played 20 odd minutes on his first game back from a lengthy injury last week. Justin Matamua, a debutant for the Tigers who is an edge back rower. And then Jacob Little, who will obviously slot into hooker there in that game for New Brown at some stage. So there looks, based on that side, to be some reasonable minutes. Uh, Clementine, what's your take on those guys? So is Polley and also Cartwright, guys that you'd look uh, as potential nuffs this week to sort of free up some cash elsewhere and get another number?
2: Yeah, well, I definitely need to um, free up some cash because I don't have much in the bank. Um, but yeah, um, I did look at Poll as well, so I and also Cartwright. So I am probably gonna after this sit down and just have a good look at them all and see you know who's gonna who's gonna perform for me in this round, but who might you know be like a bit of a backup coming you know into the finals and things like that. Um, so obviously, like Poll, um, I've got people like Tuba so that would be like a good like person to you know um cash grab from and also like Jed Cartwright would be the same um so I think Paul got 44 points to near 42 minutes so mm. yeah I reckon like you can consider any of those guys as someone to bring in this round for a cash grab yeah
0: Walsh Paul and Cartwright
2: yeah, Poe and Kat, right? And then I think um, Stefano, I think you mentioned as well. Mm. I think um, that he's like coming back from injury and then I think, you know, coming into the back end of the year, I mean, he's really cheap, but he mm. does have like some upside as well. So he could be a good backup as well um, if you, you know, wanted to bring him in instead. He's really cheap.
0: I, yeah, I'm a little bit the same with kamano And before probably... Cartwright was named who I really like due to that dual positioning and the fact that he, he should get big minutes this week. Uh, I was really keen on him. I think he's come back probably a week too late in terms of him, probably not getting a stack of minutes this week. Um, whilst, what's your take on those three? Are there any of the three of them that you're keen on?
3: Um, I think Polo's pretty solid for most people to bring in. I won't be bringing him in. Again, it's just strategy-based, but I can understand why people are bringing him in. But I would rather nuff out, um, and it's risky, but towards the end of the year, you know, I'm prepared to use um, auto auto emergencies, loopholes, and things like that for VCs. So I want to get to that best team and really not have too much left on the bench, which could be risky with injuries coming out of Origin and and, um, with this COVID spread, but that's the way I'm going to go. But I certainly think, like, I, I wouldn't dissuade people from going polo. Um, Udo, Udo sort of, um, he hasn't really foot, uh, hit full steam yet. And, um, you know, he's got Joe off who's taken a lot of those middle minutes. And, um, I think you're going to talk about him a bit later to me, but he's pumping out some massive scores. Joe O playing some really good footy actually. Um, and the third one was Cartwright. Yeah. Hasn't really come on my radar, but he might be a good option, uh, to get some points this week and then off out. Is what price is he, Timmy? He's about uh two hundred and
0: four or two hundred and six thousand.
3: Yeah, so you're paying probably thirty grand just for a score from him this week. So it all depends on your budget. But like if, if you've got the money, um, where you can pay an extra thirty grand and then just sit him for the rest of it because he's probably not gonna play again or if he does, that's the only problem. Does he sneak onto that bench? Um, with all their injuries and and just become an AE nightmare.
0: Yeah, a lot of decisions to be made on these guys. Just because I think if you don't have many nuffs in your team, I, I currently don't. I, I'm a bit happy to go with someone like Cartwright and have them sitting there and not generating money and probably not even the not generating money, but just not having them as a playing option in the back end of the year when we may need them. But that's why why Stefano, I'm kind of like. All right, he might not score as well as them this week. He might cost a little bit more, but he could be a really solid backup front rower as we do sort of get to the back end of the year. Anyway, a few decisions to be made there. Desi, Ryan Madison named at lock. Not sure if you're an owner, mate, but what's your take on him because he's suffering from a rib cartilage injury that saw him miss last week. I think physio posted last week that one to three weeks and it's a pain tolerance issue as opposed to any sort of aggravation risk. In that one, uh, do you see Mado as a buy this week?
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's coming in for me. Um, I think he's fairly priced, even with that injury. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a tricky one because those rib ones we saw earlier in the season, David Fafita had it, and he just you know he was protecting his ribs all the time when he was running. Mm. And if Mado does that, he's not going to get his arms free and offload and tackle bust like we want him to. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely. Uh, running the gauntlet a bit, buying him, but I just there's no one else in the second row who I really want this week, so he's he's locked in for me.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking pretty good at him as well. In a week where there's there's a lack of genuine sort of guns available, Mado is that, but obviously with some risk, uh, I would not be upset if he got ruled out for the game and didn't play this week. And the last one, major one from the team news is Zach Hosking. Uh, never heard of him, but. Name to start in the back row for the Brisbane Broncos this week. Another like ultimate enough option. Uh, a bit cheaper than Jed Cartwright, who we mentioned earlier, but not the dual position. So, not as handy. Uh, Wallace, you're pretty good around your Queensland juniors. Do you know much about him? He actually might have seen a post earlier, might be from around the Newcastle area. But, uh, what would you, any interest in hosking at that 175k price?
3: Oh, again, it's probably one I haven't had a big look at, Timmy, but, you know, he'd be the type of player that I'm looking for, you know, that would just come in and then drop out because what's Payne Hass's injury status?
0: He's, I think it's it's a new one every week with Payne Hass, but I think it was still the AC joint, the the shoulder injury, maybe keeping it for two to three weeks.
3: Yeah, and he's got it in both shoulders now as far as I knew. So, like, he was a player I traded out last week and just because that accumulation of... Of injuries, you know, I just thought it's just going to be a matter of time till it takes its toll. But, um, yeah, imagine a player like that just comes in and plays that game and gets drops out. It's a bit like those West boys. Like, um, I think people that are getting in poly and that, you know, you can't get him in with any expectation that he's going to play the rest of the season because this is typical Tim Sheens. Like, he's going to blood these kids. You know, I know Kamali's the coach, but Sheens has got a big hand in this. He's going to blood the kid. He's blooding another kid this week. Like, they're not going to play him for the, the next nine weeks. So I'd highly doubt it. I know he's he's pretty highly touted, this young fella, but they're probably going to play him for three weeks, put him back to reserve grade and that sort of stuff and just get a few games into him and then get get him to go back and work on the game, which is, which is good development. So... I wouldn't bring him in with any belief that he's gonna, you know, keep playing and keep earning your money. So, in terms of being a cash cow moving forward, I wouldn't have any expectation of Polay or or any of these blokes to kick on at this stage of the year.
0: Yeah, that's well said, mate. These Hoskins, Polays, Cartwrights—you don't be banking on sort of money out of too many of them because uh, it's, it very well may not occur, and if so, very minimally. So, you know, work work out how you're going to approach those sort of things. Uh, guys, if you've been wondering whether you can really afford to buy that new car or even thought you need some extra cash to help take your business to the next level, whatever the goal is, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice are here to help you know the numbers. With over 35 different lenders on their panel, the boys will find the perfect solution for any type of loan. Message them via their Instagram at Pat and George Mortgage Choice or one word or give them a call on 2 9521 1611. Don't forget mention the special code SC Playbook for your free numbers consult. Uh, we had the boys on last week. I know that plenty plenty have taken up the free consult as well with them guys and raved about them. So give them a call if you're in their position. Guys, topic for the week, basically all around how we're all situated for round 17. Uh, I've got a few different questions here, and I'll shoot through you one by one, and you can let me know where you're sitting. Des, I'll start with you, mate. How many numbers do you have for round 17 at this stage?
1: Uh currently i have 12 players um that's before trade so i could roll out 16 cool. um, if i use my trade boost which i plan to do Jeez. but i think given the gravity of the situation regarding not having ryan pappenhausen i'll have to sell ezra mam and move heinz back up to the halfback position you know it's it's unfortunate but you got to make sacrifices sometimes. I'm going to sacrifice Mams' points. He probably scores 60-odd, 70. Um, pretty easy matchup. But, you know, Paps, in his own right, it, it just gives you peace of mind, you know, owning him. Anyone without Pappenhausen is going to have a rough sleep the next few nights.
0: Do you have Munster, mate?
1: I don't. I sold him last no. week to Dylan Brown.
0: Okay, yeah. No, I see that exact situation in then because I'm going to have to go Munster- Uh, to get to Pappenhausen. So, yeah, the the man one, it's a tough one, but, you know, realistically probably one worth doing. Walsh, numbers check. How many have you got this week?
3: Uh, Timmy, I've got nine. Um, And I think, like, now it's sort of (laughs) – I've been talking about this all year, I think, but it's sort of coming to that situation where I'm probably coming to the reality where I might stop. I'm not at at this stage going for first, Um, you know, going for that – for that big prize. You know, I'm 950 off the lead. There's nine weeks left to go, nine or ten weeks, something like that. So it's still possible, but um, it's not probable with the amount of trades that I have and um, the numbers that I have for round 17. So I'm going to try and probably win my head-to-head in my cash league and um, just try and have a good run home and finish in the top 1,000. So I don't know if I'll make that many trades this week. So I, I might I might just go with nine or, t- or, or probably... At the most, ten or eleven. I'm, I'm considering bringing in Dylan Brown, but that would mean trading out um, Munster and then getting him back when he when he comes back from Origin.
0: Whilst you were never in the possibles or probables games in any trials growing up, I know, and you always number one picked, or it'd be number two picked because you were you were behind a certain number nine, weren't you? Oh mate, nah, that's a
3: long <laughs> time ago, Timmy. Long time ago, But yeah, no, I um, I. I come second to Desi and just, you know, I don't know if I could deal with that heartache being up there again. So, no, I look, I, I'd love to be still in the mix, but I'm just trying to be a realist and um, salvage something from this season, I guess. But, um, yeah, a top 1,000 finish and possibly some, some cash from a cash comp i I'll be pretty happy with, I think. So i got a lad who actually got a shout-out to Foggy. I don't know if he listens to this, but he's in my mate uh, Better Than Lego cash comp, and um, he runs it. And he's been running it for years, does a really good job, and he's coming
0: 19th, so he's right in the mix. She's on fire, foggy, good stuff, mate. Uh, Walsh, Walsh was stuck behind uh, a certain Cameron Smith going up. They were going toe-to-toe throughout the grades, and then I think uh, Smithy just got the nod on him in a few grades, and they reckon that Walsh made Kim Smith's career. A better men than I have said that anyway. Clementine, uh, what about yourself? How many numbers for this week?
2: Yeah, so I have like a real Povo um, round 17 team. I only have like eight players. So um, I will make three trades, um, but I'm the same as Jez. I'm probably going to have to – I've got Elias, which, I mean, he's not going to set the world on fire. So um, I'm going to have to move him on, move Mam down and get – to get in a little pappy to put Heinz up. Um, but, yeah, so I'll potentially have ten players, <laughs> which is so sad. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, and I think I've got like some – guys that can score quite well, um, like AJ, for example. So, um, yeah, that's what I'll have. I'll have 10.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be too disheartened by it. Like, as well said before, there's numbers. I mean, they're important this week, but people with a lot of numbers may find themselves struggling for, for a bit of strength in the back end of the season. So, I said, don't be too disheartened uh, on that one. Or the Stallions, 13 at this week. That'll be post-trades, and that is using four trades this week. So, going pretty hard at it. Uh yeah for as as it stands Desi how about how many nuffs or non active players will you have in your in your side after this week
1: Uh well i don't have any right now but i think i'll be bringing in Fenor Paul um yeah. so yeah probably just one moving forward one is all you need for the loop um i might get a second one down the truck if i if i'm strapped for cash um later in the season and i need to bring in you know Guys in the back end, bring back guys like Grant and Monster. Might have to grab a second one. But, yeah, one is one's enough.
0: You really are a changed man this year, Desi.
1: Oh, I'm trying, mate. I'm trying.
0: <laughs> um, but, honestly, like, your strategy between like – and it's good, good adaptability, but you used to go really hard on your trades. I felt like in previous years, correct me if I'm wrong, but you had a lot of uh, – you had probably more nuffs at this stage here than most teams. What's changed this year in terms of your approach?
1: Oh, I'm just I'm wary of, of the back end of this season. As well said, um, there's lots of COVID variants spreading around and it's it might cause absolute chaos. And, and it's not just COVID, it's flu as well um, they're all getting struck with. So um, I think, yeah, I'm prioritising depth this season a bit more. Yeah, fair
0: enough, mate. Well, what about yourself, mate? Any uh, Nafs non-active in your
3: side? Uh, I've got two, Timmy, but one's sort of... Um you know, like a backhanded nuff, I suppose. It was Trent Peoples. But, you know, considering he's not surfaced in the extended squad this week, I'm considering him enough moving forward. Um, He's not in the South's plans. And then I've got another lad that I nuffed out. Um, I'm not even sure who he is, never heard of him before, um, from Parramatta. Um, I'm, I'm looking to get maybe four, maybe five Nuffs, you know, so really capitalize on my team value, which I've been talking to you boys all year about how valuable my team is, but it hasn't necessarily translated to a higher ranking. Um, but since I've got such a valuable team, I think I'll just make some tough decisions, Nuff out a few um, players and, and try and run with 2021.
0: 20, so. You mentioned for a little bit low on trades, and for the reasons Desi mentioned before, um, you're actually going very hard. Not much concern that you could be left really short potentially back end of the year should certain things strike.
3: Yeah, there's some concern, but I mean, you know, no risk, no reward, I guess. But you know, it's um, it, there's you know, you, you can spend a lot of time worrying about things that never happen. So um, that's you know, in footy and in life. So I think just go ahead and and just try and act as if they're all going to be fit, have a few people in reserve. You know, if you've got to take an AE here and there and you don't have much um, much rubbish sitting on your bench, then you're probably going to get a good AE anyway. So that's very the way I see
0: point. it. Yeah, that's you, mate Aggressive approach and probably very different to a few others on here uh, at the moment. But one that, as you said, if this carnage that we're sort of anticipating doesn't occur, you could be really well played. So it could be a great tactic. Uh, only time will tell. Clementine, how about yourself? Nuff's... Uh, Nuss in your side
2: or non-active? Yeah, so I have um, – my, my second row and front row is so ugly. So I have so many on my bench. So I've got, like, um, I've got Lukey still injured sitting there that I haven't managed oh, to move no. on yet. I've got Peoples who's now basically turned into enough. And I've also got Mama Sia just sitting there. I use him, like, to swap between. So he's actually been quite handy, you know. Um, but, yeah, so – I have obviously need to do a bit of a cash grab this week as well, so it's very likely I could end up with another one too. Um, I do only have eleven trades left, yeah, eleven trades left. So I want to make three this week, and I've got no boosts, so I went a bit crazy there. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Clem,
0: you could have, uh, you could have just, you could have yourself really easy, there and just said you were taking the waltz approach and just going hard, being very aggressive. But instead, you called out all your mistakes, waltz.
3: Yeah, I meant to say before, Timmy, that I do have Cotter sitting on my bench, so I haven't decided what to do with him yet. I think he could be a bit of a pod for the run home mm. if he comes back. Um, but then in the, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking hamstring injuries, I might just turn him into a, like a Harry Grant or Damian Cook or, you know, like one of the back, multiple back rowers that I see as being, you know, opportunities for the, for the run home.
0: Uh yeah, I've had a few questions around Cotter and I thought a little bit similar. If it was any other injury to a hammy, you'd be like, you know what, just hold him and, and be a pod for the back end. But Hammy's role just an, an obviously an aggravation sort of injury risk, but also just limited minutes, isn't it? Um Yeah, he,
3: especially when he's playing those minutes. And like if you really have a look at what the Cowboys have done, I mean <laughs> they've just saved up, saved up, saved up Jason Tamalowo. So I could, He's one of the blokes, like, on numbers, you'd probably think, yeah, he's maybe a trade-out, but I couldn't possibly trade him out because I think he's going to play some massive games, like minutes and games at the back end of the year.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have no actual nuffs as it stands, but I've got a couple that could become them very quickly, which I'm a little bit concerned about. As someone who does uh, sort of prioritise depth, Anderson, I fear could be enough very soon. Although I did see Remus Smith, he's out for the season, which is a blow for him. Uh, Andrew Fafida I've also got, who I'm also not convinced will play this week uh, if Hanley Nueli does come back. What about, and then potentially Cartwright coming in. So that's aiding that little decision there a little bit. Uh, Desi, after this week, how many trades left?
1: Uh, Well, I've got 14 now so after the boost I'll have 10 left.
3: Wiles? I have 10 now, Timmy, so probably 9 or 10. I mean I I think at the moment I'm struggling for a trade. I mean, I, I think I'm yeah, I don't know. I, I, I might make one. I might make two, but I might make none.
2: Yep, Clem? I'll have eight left. So, we'll, we'll yeah, one each week. <laughs> no yeah. boosts. You can give me one of your boosts if
0: you're <laughs> on. Oh, yeah, I've got one up the sleeve actually after this week, so we'll, we'll see if you play your cards right. Uh, I'm sitting on nine after this week at this stage, and I think anywhere from if you've got anything over 10, you're pretty well placed trades-wise, anywhere from sort of Eight or nine where myself, Clem and are, I think that would be pretty average. Anything less than eight, uh, you'd be getting a little bit concerned on that one. Uh, Desi, any players you, you really like? Let's not go through um, every player that we want back, but who are the players that you consider must-haves coming back into your team after round 17 or for the run home?
1: Uh, I think Harry Grant's number one. He's just evidently the best hooker, um, so you've got to get him straight back in. Monster as well, in career, best form. I don't see how you could run anyone but him um, in 5'8". I mean, Drinkwater and um, Dylan Brown are also options, but probably want him back. And Cam Murray is the last guy in second row. I just think he always ends the season um, on fire. So those are the three guys I'll be targeting post-buy round.
0: Whilst outside of Munster Grant and Cam Murray, anyone you think is a must-have for the run home or are any of them three do you see as not being necessarily must-haves?
3: Um. The ones that I want, the ones that I want back that I've traded out is probably Harry Grant and possibly Dylan Brown. Dylan Brown is oh, it's causing me a lot of grief for this week, but I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure what I'm going to do with Dylan Brown. But the ones that um, I think are must for the run home is Toto, and I would have said Cam Murray, but I would say there's a number of back rowers there, like you know a plethora of like Cam Murray, Adam Elliott, Sean Lane. Um, Josh Curran, Toe Harris, David Fafida, Pat Carrigan, like all of those, there's an argument for all of them. So I think that's really good going into the run home because it will be a point of difference. And the other ones I'd say, Timmy, is um, I think Joe Tapané is a must yeah,
0: Jesus for the run home. Christ. Whilst Taps has just, like he's, he's had some increased minutes but nothing sort of substantial, maybe an extra five to ten He's just going bonkers. Well, like, what do you put that down to? And, and like, it's not like he's a rookie who's come up out of nowhere. He's just found some tremendous form, hasn't he?
3: Yeah, he's in career best form. Um, the only thing to look out for, I guess, is like, you know, historically, Papa Lee, always come off the back of Origin um, yeah. and, and just exploded. You know, um, both in Super Coach and NRL wise. So I don't know if that'll affect him at all, but. Tappany, like I heard Ricky Stewart talking about, he's in career best form, and he's got blokes behind him like Horsburgh and that that are just that are almost in career best form as well. Like it's they've been a bit unlucky, Canberra, and it's been well documented, but it's sort of staggering that they're not a side that's entrenched in the top eight because their forward pack is so dominant. I think Hudson Young's in career best form as well, and um, yeah, like Joe Tappany, just every week he's he's just putting up you know, staggering numbers, and just his play in pure NRL, it's, it's great to watch.
0: That game against the Dragons on the weekend, as brutal as a finish as it was for us Canberra fans, I, I watched it and thought, "I oh, taps, you know, pretty decent minutes, they 67 minutes, but I thought, oh, I didn't think he, he did too much. He had that line break there that should have been a try, if not for a Cody Ramsey miracle coat hanger. Comes off the field and he's 94 points with 70 in base, which is absurd. Um So Taps someone who I was happy not to have all season, and all of a sudden, you know, he's verging on a must-have on what he's doing. Uh, Clementine, out of those ones mentioned, anyone else you'd consider that you're a magnanimous must-have but someone you're really keen to get back in afterwards?
2: No, none. I think they um, mentioned all the ones that I'm keen on. So I'm definitely keen on getting back in Harry Grant. So um, maybe around around 19 when he's dropped a little bit more cash. Um, so I'll definitely be getting him back in. Um, and then also, obviously, Munster, I really want him back in as well. And I have a pretty strong center wing, but um, I do want to get Brian To'o. I think he's an absolute must for that run home. Um, and then I'll look at my um, second ugly second row and um, decide who to put up there. <laughs> Hopefully Cameron Murray or someone like that, I think.
0: Nothing that can't be fixed later. Uh, I'm with you as well. <laughs> Munster, Grant, need to come back in for me. Like I mean, I'm with Walsh. Murray's pretty close to it, but there are a fair few. It's a bit of a, a differential position in the old back row, I think, is there are a lot of decent options, so uh, a little bit there. David Fafita, a long way from being a must-have, but he's the kind of bloke who could come in from around 18 and 19 and go ton-ton and all of a sudden be a must-have again. So uh, we'll deal with that when we get to it because he's caused a few headaches already this season. Uh, let's get into a few hot topics this week and the hottest of hot topics. And a, I'll start with a bloke who I can feel warming up on the other side of the podcast is Desi Creek. Mate, Nico Hines, Ryan Pappenhausen, playing both in the Thursday night game this week. We can only VC one of them in a week where we will all be getting two cracks at captain. Which way are you leaning?
1: I'm leaning towards Hines, actually. Um, it might surprise some people. Um I just think, yeah, Cronulla sort of... They're always up for that Melbourne matchup. Um, Pappenhausen, as good as he was in the last five minutes against uh, Manly, uh, yeah, he was only on 30-odd points before that. So if Cronulla can sort of snuff him out a bit, um, whereas Hines, you know that he's kind of got a bit more of a flaw to him with the goal kicking, um, uh, yeah, I'm going VC Hines. Mm.
0: Whilst where do you sit on it, mate?
3: Oh, uh, yeah, Timmy... I can sort of see where Desi's coming from, but I'd probably lean towards Pappy. Um, I'll go back to that game where the Sharks played Melbourne in Melbourne and they came out and they absolutely just tore them apart on the edges. And there's every chance that they do that again. And I thought to myself, okay, well, I'll go Hines then. But I look back at his score and he scored 35 in that game. Which which tells you not not necessarily that he played bad, but a lot of times when the sharks go well, they do a lot of things on the edges. You know, it was it's Talakai or it's um,
0: Kennedy. You know, I, I don't
3: think Wade Graham was around then, but you know, Teague Wilton running off Moylan. Moylan's playing pretty good footy, to be honest, like particularly defensively. I've never seen him defend better. But um, yeah, I expect it to be a fairly free flowing game, and I think there'll be a lot of points in it. But the reason why I lean towards Pappenhausen is just the bounce-back factor. Just Craig Bellamy teams do not toss up two shit performances in a row. That's just That just doesn't happen. So um, I would say they'll be up for it.
0: Yeah, I think we see uh, with Will Kennedy around, he's so fit and so on ball that he sweeps for so many of them back one movements and steals a lot of those tri-assists. Um, it's really tough. Look, really... The, the only opinion I care about is the queen of the captaincy column, Clementine Cassidy. Where do you sit on it? Because you've been in a bit of form, a bit of touch with the captains of late.
2: Is it, you, it raining? Actually, I'll, give,
0: I'll give you a wrap. You called as <laughs> Captain Risky, Alex Johnston, on the weekend.
2: <laughs> I only him. I'm not a risk taker, but I hope there's someone rid it and did it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was my first Captain Risky that ever paid off. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going a little pappy. Um just I know that he didn't play so well in the first, what was it, 73 minutes last week. Um, but what he did in the last seven minutes just scares me way too much not to go him because I think he is that type of guy that can just pile on those points in such a short period of time. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going Little Pappy as my vice captain. Um, and actually, one of the guys in one of the WhatsApp groups, um, Jack, Jack M, so he actually made a really good point and he said, you should be scared not to own Little Pappy because it's what he can do in such a short period of time that is like why you should be scared to not bring him in this week um so you know he obviously piled on the points against the broncos in like 12 minutes four tries last year as well so he can definitely do it so um i'm definitely going him as my vice captain with confidence yeah
0: wiles
3: yeah i I think like you got to take into consideration the weather too timmy like if it's really wet i don't like pappy at all um because remembering back, like, we think about the, the round that's just gone and we think, oh, it was all wet games. But that Thursday night game, it wasn't as wet, you know. It was reasonably dry, I think, or from memory. I mean, um, there's a lot of points put on anyway. So um, I, I think, like, if it's really wet, it definitely suits Nico Hines, you know, as we've spoken about. Like, he, he's a bit of a wet tracker. But um, he just accumulates points, you know, um, with those dropouts forced and things like that. So I think you got to definitely take the weather into account.
0: Yeah, he's definitely the uh, the jungle edge of the NRL Superco 12 for the horse racing punters out there. Uh, and good of Nico to, to again prove the theory that he averages 25 points per game more in the wet again last weekend. Because that was the bog of all bogs. And, of course, he went nuts. Um, Shannon Harris, fifth most purchased player as enough this week. Obviously, got that dual position. This was prior to teams coming out this afternoon. So uh, I think you'll find that anyone who has got Shannon Harris – Someone like Cartwright with the, the back row set CT Dub dual position would be a better buy this week because while there's some AE sort of emergency risk later on in the year, um, he at least him a few points this week, so pretty beneficial for me. Um, whilst I go back to you to the bloke you mentioned earlier, Joe Offen Gowie, five round average of seventy five points per game in a struggling Tiger side he's being required to play big minutes and he's punching out some serious numbers. Mate, you're a little bit keen on him.
3: Yeah, look, I am Timmy. I mean, you know, like when you look at the front row position, um, I look at probably Tapanay and Joe off and you know, besides IPAP, they'd be the, the top two, you know, like you've got, uh, Tamuolo there for, for reasons that I said earlier, I think I'd keep him as well, but, um, he, he's pretty expensive now. Some of these blokes have just crept up on you. Like, you have a look, you, you look at them and you go, oh, you know, their three round, their five round averages are insane, but um, you've got to pay up for them. And, you know, Joe Offer, Tappanay is one of them. Adam Elliott in this back row. Like, he's had an outstanding five or six weeks. And, um, yeah, they're all viable options, but it's whether you've got the money to pay up for them.
0: Adam Elliott on the weekend, another one who was made. Uh, a late, sticky special, swapping him to the bench on game day. Only played the 49 minutes off the bench, 77 points with 47 in base. He's been tremendous for the Raiders. Um, moving on. Oh, no, Desi, you're, you're pretty keen on Joel as well.
1: Yep. Um, I don't know if I'd put him as top two or three. I'd, I'd still rather – I think I'm going to hold on to Payne Haas. Um, mm. I know there's the injury concern, but, yeah, I'm – as you know, I'm, I'm going a bit uh, sober on the trades. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'll just hold Haas. I think he can produce just as good as um, often Gowie, if not better.
0: So, a lot of questions around for hold or sell Payne Haas. You're in team sell uh, – sorry, hold. Whilst yep. You sold him last week, and that was prior to his most recent injury. What was your thought behind it? Uh, I
3: sold him – I originally I sold Tago, um, but then I was talking to you boys on the chat and I sort of – I had cold feet on the Tago thing because there's so much upside for those Panthers outside back. So I brought him back in and I got rid of Payne just purely on the injuries. But, like, I'm thinking right now uh, after what Desi said totally makes sense. Um, if Payne Hass is getting the minutes that he should be getting, you know, and he's fit and he's 60 minutes, then – yeah, 100% he's a better player than Joe Off and he's a better super coach player, but it's just whether you can trust his body. Yeah, he's pretty banged up.
0: Mm. He's getting belted around, and Brisbane do not want to give him less than minutes to give him a bit of a spell or a week off. It's now been forced upon them because of injury. So anyway, hopefully for those who are holding, the pain comes back sooner rather than later. For those who don't own, let's hope he has a month off and gets himself right. Clementine, your boy, the cheese, uh, has again attracted interest after a good score last week. Scored that mad strip try against Manly. 66 points in 61 minutes. Harry Green on origin duty, so he'll start at hooker this week uh, and he'd anticipate pretty decent minutes. Where do you see him? Because he had some underwhelming weeks in the couple of weeks prior. He did look a bit better against Manly and he's still very cheap at 350K. You uh, see someone you'd still consider a, a buy this week and, Um, I'm aware that there's a little bit of bias in we we should disclaim your love for the cheese.
2: (laughs) No, he's hurt me so much. Like, he's hurt (laughs) me so much this year. So, honestly, um, if I... Didn't already own him. I probably wouldn't be bringing him in this week. Um, but that's just me. Um, he does. He is capable of a massive score. Like he's capable of a really good score when you know Harry Grant's not playing. So obviously, he did really well last week when I didn't play him. But then I played him the week before, and he got like twenty four. <laughs> so he is really super capable as well of knocking out a real crap score. Um, so look, I think that them. I think that there's better players to bring in if you're bringing him in just for this round. Um, and maybe, you know, if Harry gets rested at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I probably wouldn't bring him in this round, which is heartbreaking to say, but he's hurt me too much. Desi,
0: we move on to the trade outs this week. Jacob Kiraz, number one. Uh, we all know the, the spies, a bit of a fanboy of Kiraz. He had a couple of really, really big weeks. He's averaging well this season. Uh, the doggies are coming good. Number one trade-out after Paul Week last week. I believe you own. Do, do you agree with that as a trade-out or do you think he's a, a hold?
1: Yeah, he's he's a pretty good depth player. You could probably play him on matchups for the rest of the year. I mean, the Bulldogs look good to me. Um, and he, he's in centre, so he's getting more ball. Um, kind of limits his... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. It really is. Uh, what is he? He's close to 500k, so mm. I, I don't blame people cashing him in, but um, yeah, he's he's definitely a good depth player to just hold in your centre wing. I don't see why he's the number one trade out. I would, there's plenty of guys I'd trade out before him.
0: Yeah, and this is recording just after teams have dropped. So, I mean, a guy like probably Campbell Graham may shoot up to that pretty quickly. But uh, regardless, he'll be a popular trade out. Whilst Angus Crichton is the second most traded out, which did surprise me. People have, I'm mean, unless I'm missing something, people have pretty short memories because – 31 points against Penrith in 70 minutes uh, in which he was sin Prior to that, he went 65, 50, sorry, 60, 55, 83, 84, 73, uh, and it just keeps going. Like one bad week. Can you understand why people are selling?
3: Uh, yeah, I think it's more the fact that there's so many you look at in your team, Well, I know looking at my team now, there's so many to look at and I go, okay, I'm keeping him until the end and He's probably one that's, you know, touch and go. Yep. Um, and I guess Karaz, Suwali and that in the centre wing fall into that category as well. Um, people want to start cashing in money and um, upgrading somewhere. So he's he's he seems like an obvious choice, but like Desi said, it might be the pod play just not to trade him out and um, see some big scores from him at the back end of the year. I mean, the Roosters have a fairly decent run. Um, I think they're going to come good, the Roosters. I'm pretty confident. That's probably why I'm going to keep Sawali, to be fair.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, Angus Crichton is definitely old, personally. Uh, Maxi King is a bloke who just, every time you go to sell him, he makes a case not to because he keeps pumping out good scores. Since uh, his minutes have increased over the past six weeks, in the last five weeks, he's rocking a five round average of 63, three round average of 66. His base the last few weeks have been 47, 56, 64, 53, 51. Serious numbers. More importantly, Clementine, is he's been given dual second row, front row status, which we all know is so, so handy throughout the year when it comes to our trades, uh, our depth inside, particularly Papali, Tamalolo with the same positioning. Uh, a guy that I'd been selling this week for a long time, I think he's just going to stay there and sit as my backup front row at the moment because – with the Campbell Graham injury, I've got players that, that I can trade out elsewhere now. Where do you sit on key? Uh
2: Yeah, so I'm just going to keep him, like you said, as my backup front mm-hmm. row. Um, I think he's knocking out really good scores um, and I think he's like a good backup to have if, you know, someone else is out and you have to play him. Um, you're not going to end up with like a score of 20 or 30 or, you know, something that you're going to be sad about. So um, I don't really understand why he's um, so traded out. <laughs> um, I'll definitely be keeping him.
0: On top of that, Tavita Pangai Junior now set to miss some action, so it can only help King's minutes. Uh, all that being said, I I think he's fine to sell this week, just the way my sort of team's panned out. Particularly with Campbell Graham, uh, it'll probably mean that I hold and just play as a backup front row for the time being. But I think anyone selling him, like if anyone that's holding Max King, but they're selling Angus Crichton, and, and and you know they've got them in dual positions where they can swing King, I'd be um, swinging. A bit of throwback to the old cricket days. Uh, Max King, I'd be selling for Angus Crichton every day of the week. Desi, James Tedesco, number fifth most sold player this week. That surprised me. What do you reckon? It's obviously people yeah. up in the house and I understand that. But um, sorry to cut you off. Round 18 against the Dragons. It's a three-day backup. But with the Roosters struggling to make the top eight, fighting for a spot in the finals, if, if Teddy gets through Origin, I think he plays round 18 against the Dragons.
1: Yeah, he may very well, and as well said as well, the roosters might come good back end. It's funny you say that because i right now, as of right now, I'm trading out both Angus and Teddy. I'm getting rid of my roosters. Ooh. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've just got to, I've got to do it. Um, to get Pappenhausen, and I'm, I'm bringing in Latrell as well. That's kind of that's why I'm VC Hines, so I can captain Latrell behind. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a pod play. Um, but yeah, if I didn't have Latrell, I'd definitely have the VC on Paps. Right. Um, so I, don't t- want, I don't want to lead people astray there. <laughs> so,
0: Teddy, um, so, Teddy and Mam are going out for you and Latrell and Pappy coming in.
1: That's correct. Yep. Um, I'm going full throttle on this round. Um, He's much more than <laughs>
0: um,
1: Yeah. I just think the bunnies might put a number on them even without um, Cook and Murray there. I think Latrell is just looking super fired up after his, his holiday. We'll call it that um, to America. But um, yeah, I I just feel like when Latrell's on and he's got the goal kicking as well, so he's he's got a bit of a flaw to him. When he's on, he's seriously like the best player in the comp. Um, he could average a hundred for the run home, um, which I don't think Tedesco can do. I think Teddy will continue his seventy average. So I don't know. It's it's nine rounds, and I'm backing Latrell to outscore him.
0: Mm, I I'm uh, I'm gonna throw it at Walsh here because. I think you're mad, Desi, personally. And, and I think, I could be wrong, Wallace is with me. What do you reckon?
3: Yeah, I'm with you, Timmy. Um, I like I respect Luttrell and he's a great player and he's going to make a huge difference to that south side. But looking at their run home and that, um, he doesn't have the base, in my opinion, to go anywhere near Teddy, you know what I mean? Like, I think Teddy will come and explode after Origin. He's been threatening to do that. And he, I understand that Teddy's one of those players that, you know, he's a what-if player in, in terms of you go, oh, what if he got this pass or got this after games? But he, he certainly has the ability to go big. And I think the Roosters have got some big games left in them, whereas I've never really rated South Sydney this year. I don't think Cody Walker's the same player that he was, Um they might scrape into the eight on the back of Latrell, but I just, I just don't think that he's gonna pump out that many big scores. I, I can't see it.
0: Yeah, and I think it was um, another good one of the greats of the Supercoach community. Aman uh, put up, I think it was him they put up a stat today or yesterday about Latrell being sort of pretty fixture proof and scoring well against the, the better sides in in the NRL and in Supercoach. Now. My thing about that is that was with a gun Bunnies team around him. I'm a bit with Walsh where the Bunnies have just been so unconvincing this season. And while Latrell will bring a lot to them, I don't think he'll be as fixture, fixture proof if he's like the Bunnies have a really tough run home nights without all their players. Then the doggies, which is fine. Then they go Melbourne, Canala warriors, Eels, Panthers, Cowboys, Roosters. So particularly if you're a head to head player, that's nearly as hard as it gets come head to head finals. So, I just don't know if he can do it if the bunny's getting pumped by a couple of these sides, which I can see happening at the moment. Anyway, the Latrell one's a big decision this week. That there, there, there were so many questions around him this week uh, for obvious reasons. Clementine, where do you sit on him? Are you, are you tempted by him at all?
2: Um, I was slightly tempted, but then I was thinking, you know, like, Teddy – they they want to get the eight and the eight right the roosters so you just think he's going to come back from origin and you think he's going to have like a really good run and like smash out a few good scores so I think my final fullbacks are just going to be Teddy and Little Pappy and I'll just have them in there from this round um, but yeah I can see why people are going Latrell and I think he would be a bit of a pot as well so you know like um, if you're a head to head player or something like that you might want to get him you know for match like for you know whoever your matchups are and things like that but yeah I definitely wouldn't be trading out. Teddy, although I was tempted, and then I stopped myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, you knew you couldn't bring yourself to do it.
2: No, um, I couldn't do it. I felt too bad.
0: Uh, and the last one on this list uh, who was just like, I really just wish I could have kept to myself and not shared it, but I've done it anyway. A bit like Walsh, you mentioned Joe off and Gowey, who's flown under the radar and all of a sudden they're over 600K and killing it, Sean Lane, uh, who is sitting with a five-round average of 80 points. He's having 63 this season, but a lot of that comes down to he didn't play 80 minutes at stages early this year. Looks pretty well locked into an 80-minute role, although so many for, such forward depth there that you don't really know what Brad Arthur's going to do. Owned by 0% of the top 100 ranked Supercoach sides through to the top one 10,000 ranked Supercoach sides. All that data adds his awesome true player ownership stats in our data centre. Uh, find the player, hit the trades icon, and then scroll down there and it'll be in there. Great stuff. He's played the full 80 minutes in his past five rounds and notoriously not a massive base player. He's averaging 50 base in all of them games. Whilst I'm I'm really keen on him at 613K uh, and you're a little tempted as well.
3: Yeah, probably not as keen as you, Timmy, but I can get around it. Um, I think because I'm making decisions for the next nine weeks, I think it's nine, nine or ten weeks left, um, then... You know, I'm taking that more into consideration. So if I was getting in Lane, I've got to be convinced that Lane's someone that I want to keep to the end, and I'm not a hundred percent convinced, but I'm I'm convinced that he's a good option in that back row forward um, position. And like you said, he's a pod player. Um, the good thing about is if you have Dylan Brown, is they sort of go together. So if you get Lane makes a line break or a try, then generally it's off a of Dylan Brown try assist or um, line break assist. So you can. Uh, pair them together and probably come up with some good scores because Parramatta have a reasonable um, run home although they've been a bit um, enigmatic Parramatta there's good one week and pretty ordinary the next week so yeah look I- I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pot it but I'm not like hundred percent behind it so mm. I'm sitting on the fence with that one Timmy.
0: yeah and I'm not a Dylan Brown owner but he's a big reason why I'm keen on it because just like The ability to to create space for players around him and just running off Dylan Brown, I I think it's so valuable to Sean Lane and a reason behind a lot of his success this year. Uh, And while I'm traditionally probably a relatively conservative supercoach player in a lot of my decisions, the team's getting a little bit similar to a lot of other ones out there and it's starting to annoy me. So I'm kind of like, you know what, Sean Lane, with his upside in a good team uh, at 0% ownership, uh, gets me a little bit excited. So I'm pretty keen on Shorty Lane this week, as well as Ryan Madison provided. He takes the field. Uh, all right, let's recap our, or recap, we'll lay down our trades and skippers for round 17. Desi, you are going hard.
1: I am, I am. I'm bringing in Maddo, um, Pole, Pappenhausen and Luttrell. Trading out Tedesco, Mam, Crichton and Tago as well. Nice. Um, going VC, Hines and C, Luttrell.
0: DC high and see it. yeah, gee. i tell you what, we just spoke down of the trail. See, I'm not that keen on him. It's going to be terrifying to watch him as a non-owner. That being said, there'll be a lot of people watching Tedesco doing the same thing next week when he puts 200 on the dragon. So we'll wait and see about that one. Whilst, what, what are you doing? You're a little undecided, but what are you thinking?
3: Uh, I think if I'm going to do anything, it would be uh, Monster out for Dylan Brown
0: mm-hmm.
3: and possibly... Angus Crichton for Sean Lane. So that would probably be the two that I'm looking at, but um, I might not do either of them. Or I might
0: do one of them. I'm not sure. And what about your skippers?
3: Uh, in terms of skippers, I'll VC Pappy if it's dry. Um, if it's wet, I'll probably go Nico. And then, yeah, like if if, if they're getting anything over sort of 85, then I'll, I'll loop it probably. 85, 90 if they don't, um, depending on how the other one went. Um, then, you know, like I'll probably put like an IPAP, uh, maybe a Dylan Brown, you know, probably go a bit left field.
0: Yeah, don't mind Dylan Brown because there's not a lot of great options outside of the first two there. Uh, Clem, where do you sit on your trades and skippers?
2: Yeah, so I need to do like some like real big movements around my team. So um, I'm not 100% sure. I definitely know obviously Campbell Graham's out and I'm bringing in Lil pappy. So that's like my definite. Um, right now um, but yeah I do also want to get like a decent second row so like a front most row so because um, it's such a mess up there so I think either Sean uh, either Lane or um, Madison but probably Lane um, and then for a third one I haven't decided but obviously I'm gonna like have to like get rid of someone for like a cash grab so yeah so I'll decide that probably just before i do it um and then for vice captain and captain i'm gonna vice captain um a little pappy definitely um unless of course it's pouring down with rain and then i'll swap to nico um and then for a captain i was also thinking dylan brown but um also i just might captain aj which is like real Whoa. random but maybe it will pay off for me you never know. Like he's got that real high ceiling and that real good upside, um, and obviously with the trail back, it helps him so much. So I'm so stoked I have him. So you know what? I might just risk it all and put it on AJ.
0: Go hard or go home. I like the I like the approach. Uh, for the stallions, some big moves. So the next two weeks could be the next three weeks. But here are my plans as it stands, very much subject to change. But I'm looking at Graham Cooler, Coruscant, Monster out. Maddo, Lane, Pappy, and it could be anyone, but probably Jed Cartwright in. And then next week, I'm thinking of either next week with my second boost or over the next two weeks, uh, I'm thinking Munster and Grant coming back into my team for Brandon Smith and Ezra Mann. In which case, I'd have everyone I want uh, by the end of round 18 or probably more likely round 19. And it would leave me with. Six or seven trades for the run home, which I'll be more than happy with because there wouldn't be too many more that I'd be happy to make. So as it stands, that's where I'm looking. um, And hopefully things don't change too much because that has set me up for a pretty nice little last five or six weeks. So we'll see how that pans out. Captains this week, I'm pretty on the fence still, but I'm thinking VC Pappy and C on maybe Isaiah Papali. I don't have a lot of terrific options like high upside outside of that. Cody Walker scares me, so maybe Papaletti, but I'm hoping Pappy does the job for me on Thursday night. Uh, let's rip into a few questions before we wrap it up for the week. First one from Jordan Fitzharris. Desi, would you trade out Max King, Isaac Tungo, or CSC for Talakai?
1: Uh, well, I'm personally going uh, Tago, but if you're getting the same player from all three, then Max King is the guy you want to trade out. The other two just have two bigger upside.
0: I'm with you, mate. I'd go king out there. Question from Matty Perso, absolute legend of a fella. Hey, lads, Perso here. G'day, Perso. Isaiah Papali is the conundrum for me as a non-owner. Like Tim Moody, last year's champion, I haven't had him all season either and I'm thinking of anti-potting the bloke. Similar to last year, his role has changed mid-season and not playing exclusively on the edge and his minutes have dropped. Massive break even of 110. Um, Is he worth passing for someone like Joe Offengali for the run home at prop? Whilst a bit to that, but the question there is, and it's worth noting as we look for antipods, I say Papa Lee, um, Is he an antipod potential, or is he a, a gun that you just lock in with his round seventeen coverage?
3: Yeah, look, well, like, I don't mind the way he's thinking, this lad. You know, you, you've got to do, like you said to me, a lot of the teams are looking very similar. Like if you find these little antipod moves um, that you can do and they're sort of unthinkable. I mean, if you've got like an IPAP in your side, there's no way you're probably going to trade him out. But Mm. if you don't have him, then yeah, maybe that's the way to go. You can get through the season. Like a lot of players have done so far without paying us. And, you know, some people are so scared. It's that fear of missing out on their score that, that gets so many people to buy them. But Sometimes, like if you didn't go Payne Haas and Tumalolo, there's a lot of chance that you'd, you're going to be right up there if you got the rest of your team right. So, um, it's not a bad shout.
0: Question from Nick Babcock What do we do with Talakai? Um, I won't give my thoughts because I've given them time and time again. But Clementine, I don't know if you still own Talakai or what, but a lot of people looking to sell. What do you have to say to those people?
2: Well. Um, I sold myself for him, so <laughs> I'm just going to hold him now because there's pretty much not much value in me selling him now. Um, I got him, like, when he was top, top dollar, and I think I broke him because since then he's not had any of those massive scores. Um, so, you know, it, I think it depends um, on the rest of your team. Um, I think you can sell him if you want to, depending on who you're bringing in. Um, but the Sharks do have a pretty good run home, and um, it's just such a pain that he's not playing this weekend. Like, oh, it's so upsetting. Um, but yeah, I think you could trade him if you want to. I'm not going to because I'm never going to get my soul back. So, you know,
0: <laughs> so yeah, sold your soul for him, got nothing in return. Thanks, Cifa. He's going to repay the faith in the back end of the season. Mark my words. <laughs> Don't you I'm very better. confident. Uh, Desi, one from Mike Oki. Each, please give me a hot tip ultimate pod captain move this week. Do you have one for me now, Des, or do you want me to come back to you?
1: Um, Pod captain. Well, I kind of like AJ, as Clem was saying. He could go absolutely ballistic. Mm. Um, I'm going Latrell. I think that's pod and off, you know. Super um, but, yeah, I, I'd go someone from the Bunnies. I think they're going to turn up.
0: Question Walsh from Mike Maniardi, a.k.a. Jimmy Ricard. Love the SC playbook. Best super coach slide for sure. Mike knows how to get his questions answered. Strap in, lads. He's ranked 499. Says he's got 14 trades and two boosts left. Is Cleary to Pappy via Jules this week? Then drinky to Cleary round 18, bracket round 19 if Cleary is rested, an option. Still just two trades to get Pappy. I've got FOMO bad, but I also want drinks. What do you reckon, Wiles?
3: Did he say AKA Jimmy Ricard? He did, yeah. Can you hear this, Timmy?
0: Yeah. No cold. And I always thought, yeah. if I'd <laughs> my,
3: my life be different? Imagine
0: if I had a name like Jimmy Ricardo for a joke. I don't
2: know if he's heard that. I love that, I,
0: I was, I that, song. Heard that yeah.
3: song. I thought of it as Oh, man. I just couldn't well. believe it when that lad said that. That was just the maddest question. Anyway, yeah, look, I, remember, <laughs> I was just thinking of that song. But um, yeah, look, I think that's a pretty good shout. I think that's a pretty good shout. You know, like um, if he's got the trades, get into it, you know? So,
0: so but mad
3: props for the AKA.
0: Yeah. That is, I, I, I'm i pretty sure there's four people on this podcast, who so as soon as we hang up, we're going straight to listen to Jimmy Ricard because what a tune. <laughs> I'm sure Hilltop would the Adelaide boys listening to this one, so shout-out to Hilltop and the fellas. Um, guys, question from Desi Anthony. Uh, apologies for pronunciation here, but Likia Dello. Looking to trade out has to free up cash. You've said you're not doing it, Des, but if you were tossing up whether to go Uta Kamanu or Nelson or Sofa Solomona or straight to enough. Now, Big Nels is one who we, we didn't look at or well, we haven't spoken about just yet, so I thought he was definitely worth bringing up. He's priced at 385K, break-even of nine, outside of round 10 when he got injured, came back in round 14 and 15. In those three rounds, played limited minutes. He sort of averaged around that 45 to 50 mark. Um, Any love, Des, for Sophos Olomona or Udu
1: no, I actually don't like either guy. Um, when you guys were talking about Udo a bit earlier, I was thinking, you know, two hundred ninety-five k. I mean, he's cheap, but is he really the best backup that you want? I'd I'd kind of rather my backups to be scoring sixty and above, um, come the end of the season. And I just don't think either of those guys is going to produce that. So I'd I'd lean towards nothing.
0: Clementine, Jakey Man, Cobo, your boy the Coblo to Latrell. What are your thoughts on selling Cobbo?
2: my god I'm so sad that I've already sold him how (laughs) good is he going he's going so well um but yeah I would probably do it um if if you know he's made us a lot of cash Cobo well not me anymore because I sold him but um he's made us a lot of cash and he does have a really high break even of 90 when he comes back um and you don't know if like he's going to back up from origin um I would definitely do it because you're probably going to get I reckon just as many points out of the um if not more so yeah I would do it poor Cobo I do love him
0: (laughs) Despite the sell, God bless the bloke. Whilst Riley Milton, Pat, Pappenhausen, can I wait or do I need him now? I don't have the cash. So it's a a relevant question. I'm glad he asked it because we sit here and say, got to get him in this and that. Not as easy said than done. Some people are tearing the teams apart. Do you have to get him this week if you're serious or not?
3: I don't think so. I think there's a world where you cannot get him for – you know, maybe a couple of games. It helps that he's not playing at home. I always, I'm always, i always more wary of Pappenhausen when he's playing at home because, you know, he's more likely to put on three or four tries um, in a Melbourne Blitz. Um, the matchup, yeah, like, I mean, you could convince me that he's not going to get over 100. And if he's not going to get over sort of – if you believe that, he, you know, the game's going to go away, that he's not going to get over 85, 90, then – yeah, it's a risk, but um, you, you could certainly wait a week or two, maybe. Depending on, I don't know who they're playing the next week, but you know, if uh, so I'd be getting him back for the next home game that they have in Melbourne, anyway. Yeah.
0: I think that. So I believe they're playing the Raiders on the Sunday, uh, in Round 18. So that's a five-day turnaround from Origin. I meant to me- mention this in my my ultimate two-week trade plan below, but. On the back of that with Melbourne, so if Melbourne lose to the Sharks this week, they're starting to – they're at genuine risk of falling out of the top four. So it'll be a big game for them if they do get done by the Sharks. Yeah, so Raiders on the Sunday, five days after Origin 3, which makes me think Munster and Harry Grant will be a chance of backing up. I think if they beat the Sharks, it gives them a bit of a buffer there and they probably won't be rushed back. But while initially I thought they'd be rested on, if they get through Origin okay, they're a chance of playing that. So just one to watch. Question from uh
3: Walsh on that one. Oh, I just want to say on that one, to me, like just a bit more footy orientated than Supercoach, but it is relevant to Supercoach. He's like, I'm not sure Melbourne just had the depth they've had in previous years. Mm. So, you know, you, you look at some of the outside backs that they're bringing in and, you know, I, I thought I heard you say earlier that um Remus Smith is out for the season. That like that's a – normally, you, you, you know, Remus Smith's not a player that you go, oh, you know, that's going to cost him. But that's really going to hurt him like because – they're really struggling like some of, I I know that um Grant Anderson's playing but but realistically he's he's a fringe NRL player like I mean and and you know is it a possibility that, that he's going to see out the season like so yeah it's going to be really interesting like there's two players on the extended bench that I'd keep a close eye on it's lucky that it's first game is um young Tonnymapier has played a lot of NRL in the past went away played some yeah, that. Now he's back. He's back in the system, you know, and he's quite capable. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a late call up. And the other one, uh, much touted, is um, Jack Howarth. If he gets into the side at one hundred and seventy-five thousand or something at Supercoach, he's a bloke that he won't. He like he won't go back to reserve grade. Like you know, he's a bloke they've signed for five years on massive coin um, without playing an A grade game. He's, he you know he's a special player, uh, Rocky Lad of course, rocking them, <laughs> can we? Um, but, no, look, he, he's another kid that's going to come through and go through the system, he, and he's going to play. I don't know whether he qualifies for Australia or New Zealand or Origin or what, but he's going to play some rep footy.
0: Played Queensland 19s, uh, and you called him a long time ago, Howard, think even before he signed that monster deal. So we've all been waiting for him to get a run in the top grade, and, and you're also not the first... Good footy brain that I've heard say once he gets a start, he's not losing his spot. So it makes me wonder why he hasn't played yet on the back of that five-year deal. But uh, they've been very patient with him. So it will be an interesting team that runs out for the Storm on Thursday night. And Jesus I hope for Henderson's sake it's 1-17. to uh, That's enough for the podcast this week, crew. An absolute bumper one. Desi Creek, thank you as always, mate.
1: Cheers, everyone. Good luck this week.
0: Well, strong return from the spell. Hey, thanks, everyone. Um, yeah, good luck for the weekend. And Clem, thanks uh, for adding a bit of personality to this Otherwise DL podcast.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, and good luck to everyone as well.
0: Cheers, guys. Good luck this weekend. Thanks for tuning in.